This episode of The Way Home Podcast is brought to you by Christ-Centered Parenting, a six-week video curriculum from ERLC and LifeWay. For more information, visit LifeWay.com. Growing up, Lauren Green McAfee watched her mother and her grandmother and other godly women in her life and learned from their examples. Well, today she joins me to talk about what it is to be a female role model and the role of Christian women in leadership in the church, in society, and in institutions. She's the author of a brand new book called Only One Life, How Women's Everyday Shapes an Eternal Legacy. Let's join this conversation with Lauren McAfee. Lauren, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's great to be back. You have a new book out. It's called Only One Life, How Women's Everyday Shapes an Eternal Legacy, written with your mom, Jackie Green. So um, just share how this book came to be, like what motivated you to to do this. (laughs) Sure. So whenever I, uh, mom and I have both been involved on working with the Museum of the Bible Mm -hmm. project as it was leading up to opening in November of 2017. And in that, we, we were getting to meet people all over the country as we were sharing about the vision for this this museum. And in that, we were meeting so many amazing women who were just being intentional and wanted to leave a legacy and wanted to think well about what does it mean to, to live your life in a way to outlive the work that we're doing and to really leave an impact for future generations. So just through conversations and mom and I being encouraged and inspired by hearing other women's stories, we wanted to just get to celebrate and highlight some of the amazing things that women have done. And so that's kind of what led to this book idea and beginning to write this book. So in the book, Only One Life, my mom and I share uh, many biographies of 36 women, and we're highlighting just the amazing um, things that women have done. Women, So there's 12 different chapters, and each chapter highlights a particular character quality. And then we highlight a woman from the Bible, a woman from history, and a woman today who have lived out that quality well and from that shaped an incredible legacy. So that's kind of the format of the book. Um, it was a lot of fun to get to just research uh, all these women in the world that have done amazing things and changed the world. And the cool thing is that some of them will be names that are recognized, but some of them will be people that have never been heard of. Um, but not, you know, being known isn't what makes a difference in leaving a legacy. So some of these women, while their name might not have been recognized before, they've still made a difference in the world and really changed the world, honestly. So yeah, I'm looking forward to people getting to dive in. Yeah, what a great idea. So you mentioned working on the Museum of the Bible. I just want to back up a little bit and talk about that project. I'm sure everybody knows about it, but for listeners here, <laughs> maybe just talk about what a huge project that was. I mean, you're starting from just a piece of property and and thinking of building yeah. a museum is just, you know, having toured it and been there several times, and thinking like, <laughs> what a project this must be to, uh, to put together. Yeah, it was, I mean, humbling, really, that we got, our family got to be at all a part of the, of the Museum of the Bible. Um, so yeah, for those that may not be familiar, Museum of the Bible is a new museum in Washington, D.C. that is all about the Bible. So the museum is two blocks south of the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum. It's about a 12-minute walk from the U.S. 
as capital to the museum. And the Museum of the Bible, there's like 87 museums in Washington, D.C., I think. And Museum of the Bible is the third largest museum. So it's it's a big museum. It's 430,000 square feet. Um, and it, it talks about the history of the Bible, the narrative of the Bible, and the impact of the Bible. And it kind of leading up to the museum's opening in November was a quick journey, all things considering. Um, it was about eight years from the time that the kind of beginnings of the vision started to when it was opening in D.C., um, which is pretty quick uh, considering how large of a project it was. So it was, it's, it's been amazing to just watch God open doors and really just provide the space for it and the ability for this to get done quickly and open the doors, um, yeah, just a couple months ago. So the response has been amazing. Um, I think at about five or six months from being opened, it had already had half a million people come through the doors. So it's had a lot of great attendance and the survey kind of getting feedback from people that have walked through it and are leaving their responses as they uh, are exiting, the kind of theme and the word that keeps being used on those surveys is the word hope, it's that people are leaving with a sense of hope, which is not what I expected those surveys to show, but has been really cool and, um, you know, just almost brought me to tears whenever I first heard that because I think that that's really significant it's for a place to be able to provide hope. So, hmm. um, yeah, it's an exciting museum, and I hope everyone gets to go see it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, having toured it, it really is spectacular. And if you're thinking in your head Bible museum, but when <laughs> you go there, it's it's a incredibly well done, experts in all these different areas. Like, I, I loved so many parts of it, but I love, like, sort of seeing how the Bible has been applied through history and uh, just kind of walking mm. through that. There's some really cool manuscripts in there and different things. So anyways, I encourage people to go there. But I do want to talk about this book. Uh, I think it's such a great idea to profile different women through history who have really made an impact. And I think it's a, a really uh, you know inspirational thing. I have three daughters and, and a son, so it's really neat for them to read about you know women who... Um, who've really made made their mark in history. I'm curious for you, you know, you you grew up obviously in a in a famous family, the Green family, and kind of, you know, <laughs> watching your mom, you know, and kind of what you learned from her and uh, have applied to your life. I'm curious what what lessons you've learned from your yeah. the women in your family. Well, I am so grateful to be able to say that the women in my family have really been examples and leaders and heroes to me that have inspired me through their legacy. And, um, you know, to me, my family is just, you know, a normal family and it's how I grew up. And um, I have gotten to see my mom. Uh, so I'm one of six kids. So my parents have six kids and my mom has been um, a homemaker for the past 32 years and just invested in her family um, so well and has um, had, I, I remember growing up with my mom, uh, memorizing Bible verses together with me and all my siblings. We would um, have a you know, a couple of verses that we would work on together uh, every day. We'd, you know, recite scripture and um, getting to see my parents read the Bible and just really invest this legacy of a love for knowing God through his word. Um, and and I feel like that's a legacy that my parents got from their parents. And so my, my grandparents, um, both of my grandmothers, are just incredible women of faith. Uh, my uh, dad's mom, uh, Barbara Green, is 
an amazing woman of prayer, and you know, I can always count on her to be praying for me. She will get up in the middle of the night and pray for every family member by name, and it's just really encouraging to to know that you have someone that is um, just constantly interceding on your behalf. So, I mean, that's just a, such an incredible blessing that um, I've been able to receive, and just the legacy that is they've passed on um, through our family, but. On that, on the note of kind of recognizing the blessing that I have in my family, I also am always wanting to encourage everyone that even if you don't have that story, um, that doesn't make a difference in your ability to leave a legacy. So investing in creating a, a, a legacy, which is you know kind of outliving our lives, um, what is it that's going to last beyond us once we're gone from this world? We each have the opportunity to daily live our lives in a way is thinking about kind of those things that are eternally significant and investing in those things. So people and their souls will last for forever into eternity, and God's Word will last into eternity. So how can we invest in those things? Um, and by doing that, we each get to shape a legacy that can live on beyond us. And so that's not just available to those that maybe have a great family heritage, like I've been blessed to have, or people that maybe have a lot of uh, status or wealth, that's something that's available to all of us, no matter the brokenness that we come from in our family history or the level of, you know, monetary things that the world might value. That's the beautiful thing about legacy is those things aren't what matters, but it's how are we going to use our time on this earth to make a difference in eternity? So uh, as you were working on this project, you know, I'm curious what it was like reading the stories of all these various women, uh, you know, were there any that, you know, were your favorites or any that were particularly inspirational or maybe some who <laughs> growing up, you know, that you read about that really inspired you? Yes. Well, you know, some of the women I had been familiar with, we, we write about Queen Elizabeth and her faith mm-hmm. in one chapter. Um, and then some of them were women that I was discovering for the first time, like um, a woman named Elizabeth Ann Everest. Mm-hmm. She's probably someone that a lot of people don't recognize her name, um, but she was single her entire life. She never married, never had kids. But her legacy is still impacting the world today because she was the nanny of Winston Churchill. Uh, Winston Churchill's parents were very um, distant, and they were present, but they really never um, showed him really a lot of love or affection. And he he was sent to boarding school, and his parents never visited him. But it was his nanny, the woman that really raised him, Elizabeth Ann Everest, who— would go and visit him and and told him, you know, that he could lead and invested a faith in him and invested her faith um, in a way that she lived that out that was passed on to Winston Churchill. And so he really, he writes about the impact that she had on his life. And um, we can, you know, now looking back, we see the incredible influence that Winston Churchill had, but he really always looked to um, this woman, Elizabeth Ann Everest, as the one that instilled mm. in him kind of the courage and the faith that he had. That's really interesting. So that's, yeah. you know, that's a legacy story that's amazing, but most people may not have realized uh, who she was. So yeah. I loved I loved her story because it was, yeah, it was very powerful. Yeah, I looked at there, and I, I'm glad to see that you profiled Fanny Crosby too, because, you know, I grew up learning all the sort of Fanny <laughs> yes. Crosby hymns, singing those as a, as a kid, and how much her work, you know, is meant to my life. And uh, it's just pretty, yeah, pretty cool she, to see her in there. Oh, right. Just the incredible legacy of tenacity that she had to, you know, despite circumstances, continue forward and using her gifts to serve the kingdom was, yeah, 
my mom, you know, remembered a lot of the songs that she remembered singing growing up in church. And yeah, yeah. amazing legacy. Yeah. Another one is, is obviously Ruth Bell Graham, you know, Billy Graham passing away uh, f- several months ago. But um, just thinking about how much she shaped uh, not just her family, but also kind of several generations of people. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, for her to be able to stand alongside her husband in his ministry, um, is incredible. The strength that she had to be investing in her family and investing in her kids whenever um, Billy Graham had to be on the road um, doing doing the work of evangelism. And you know, I love that Billy Graham, when asked, you know, who is it that ministers to America's minister, he said that you know his wife is really one that would be there to encourage him and minister to him when, you know, everyone else was looking to him to be that for them. Um, And just the incredible strength that she had and the faith that she had um, and really trusting in God with the calling that was placed on their lives and their marriage um, and their family and being able to live that out well in, you know, what would would be very difficult, difficult to have the weight of that, the ministry that they had. And I could understand that there would be difficult times in that, but they just lived so faithfully. And it's an incredible legacy. Mm. There's a lot of talk right now about in the church, particularly in more conservative evangelical circles, Southern Baptist circles, other places, about the role of women and women in leadership. And uh, I'm sure you've had thoughts about that, you and your mom, and <laughs> and, and writing this book. Uh, so I, I'm curious how much of that informed uh, you putting this book together. Yeah, you know, that was something that— I wasn't really in the conversation kind of in this cultural moment whenever we were writing this book. So it's been really interesting to see how, since we finished the book, just the kind of conversations have been going on in the church. So we were just excited to share and celebrate women's stories. And I think that's one of the beautiful things is that women's legacies are just as important as a man's role in shaping a legacy, but they can be forged in different ways. And so, you know, there's not less value in a woman's, you know, shaping her own legacy, but while they may look different, they're equally as valuable. And that's just, you know, what we love and wanted to celebrate is a lot of these women may not have been highlighted or on stage or have a monument after them, but that doesn't mean they didn't leave incredible, significant legacies. And so it's kind of taking that different perspective that, um, eternal perspective as well as um, just kind of in God's economy of what's important and looking at that as opposed to what culture says is important um, and then determining, okay, how how can we apply that to our lives? How can I live my life, my everyday in a way that is investing in those things that God says are important and that we can faithfully be obedient in our everyday to craft a legacy? Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. And I think, you know, raising three daughters, like what I love about this is that it really gives young girls role models, you know, what what does it look like to use my gifts and talents uh, uh, for Christ mm-hmm. in this? Uh, so it's really a good book. I encourage people uh, to get this book. It's called Only One Life, How Women's Everyday Shapes an Eternal Legacy. Uh, a couple more questions before, before we're finished. I know you're working on like a PhD uh, <laughs> program, uh, and I know if people follow you on social media, they can kind of follow your journey on that. How's that process been for you? <laughs> uh, challenging. I mean, it's definitely, you know, PhD is no joke, but it's been really, really rewarding and enriching. And, you know, I'm grateful that my husband 
and I are doing it together. So for those that don't know, my husband and I are in the uh, exact same PhD program. So um, so we're going to the same classes and everything, which has been really fun. So we, you know, read the same things. And so, you know, this week as we're leading up to going to a seminary class, we're taking walks every night and he's reading from one of our textbooks. And so mm. um, it's been a lot of fun actually to do that with him. But just the the challenge of having to mentally push myself to what feels like the limits um, and to try and process, you know, how, what, particularly with the degree I'm pursuing this Christian ethics and public policy, thinking about how can we think well and communicate well about the public square and how faith intersects with that. It's been um, a lot of fun, a really good journey. I'm loving the program and doing it with my husband has been really great with um, this, yeah, the, with the program. Yeah, that's cool. And I'm just excited to see that you do that, to see uh, more female scholars in this space really thinking about some of these important issues. So I'm praying for you as yeah, you go through that journey. Thank you. And um, just want to thank you for, for writing this book. Thank you for your, your family's uh, real, um, I think, impact on, on the church uh, through the Museum of the Bible and, and other projects uh, that your family's been so uh, faithful to work on. And thanks for joining me here today. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. If you're a parent, as I am, undoubtedly you're facing questions about how to explain issues like sexuality and gender and technology and race and identity to your kids. It seems like the world in which we're raising our kids has gotten a little bit different than the world in which our parents raised us. How do we tackle these important questions and train up our kids to love Jesus and love the Word and to live on mission in their day? Well, the ERLC and Lifeway Christian Resources has teamed together to bring you Christ-Centered Parenting. This is a unique six-week video curriculum that is specifically designed to help parents, youth pastors, anyone in a position of influence over children to really help answer those difficult questions that our kids have. We brought together experts from around the country, including Bible teacher Jen Wilkin, Pastor Ray Ortland, Dr. Russell Moore, Trillia Newbell, and many others to sit around a table and to really think through some of these difficult and important questions. It also comes with a very comprehensive study guide that is age-graded for each level of your child's development. So I encourage you to check out Christ-Centered Parenting from ERLC and Lifeway. You can go to lifeway.com or your nearest Lifeway Christian store to purchase your copy today. Thank you for listening to The Way Home Podcast. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please let us know by writing a review on iTunes. You can catch previous episodes on danieldarling.com. The Way Home is produced by Gary Lancaster and scheduling by Marie Delph. The Way Home is a production of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention.